Welcome to the Stream Engine Podcast with Dave and Dave. Reviewing all the biggest movies and TV shows from Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, and more of your streaming platforms. Stream Engine. Stream Engine. Stream Engine. Oh, hi! Welcome, welcome listeners. Welcome to uh, evening of merriment and film discussion at the Stream Engine Podcast with me, David Middleton, nerd and game designer, and my partner in crime, Dave Neal, filmmaker and part-time nail polish namer. So, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me more about this role, Dave. What, what? Pray tell, does a nail polish namer do? Well, I uh, I sit in a factory um, in mm. southeast Tennessee, which is a bit of a commute for me, um, but it's where they make some of the finest nail polish known to man. Um, I knew that. And they pass they pass it over to me on a tiny tray, which has got like a little felt cushion <laughs> and a tiny golden bucket above it which is full of the latest, greatest nail polish. And I have to spend um, three weeks alone with the bucket. (laughs) And after that time, I decide what I'm going to call it. Um, It has a name. It has a name. I I go on (laughs) smell, texture. I go on how it looks on my fingers and my hands. Um, How long it lasts me on my fingers. Um... I can go out partying, I can go seeing my friends, and if I've still got some nails that look absolutely extra special, then I know it's the one. And I can call it anything from... (laughs) (laughs) Give me some examples. What are some some classic nail polish uh, names that you have given? Uh, Some of my favourites have definitely been uh, Dirty Slut. (laughs) Um, Whoa. Chubby Cheeks. And... Uh, Fiji Ouija Fawn, which uh, okay. <laughs> which if you go- if you Google those, they're actually you know I- I'm well obviously I've named them, but you can buy them. They all f- they all feel like things I don't want to I don't want to Google <laughs> unless I'm in, in incognito mode. <laughs> um, incognito mode. That's uh that that sounds. I mean, three weeks is a long time to name something. You, that yeah, but like I'm employed you, by the best. Quite expensive. I'm employed by the best people. Okay. Uh, you know, right. I, I, like yeah, I can't name any of the brands because I'm under an NDA. But of course, <laughs> Wait, somebody, somebody, somebody's got to do it. You know, they they don't name themselves, do yeah. they? And if you can survive um, a night out in Tennessee with me, then you're a good nail polish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good nail polish. Anyway, uh, the uh, the uh, we're not we're not here exclusively to discuss nail polish this evening. We're also here to discuss a film, and the film that we're going to be talking about today is uh, the 2007 film Into the Wild, which is based off of a. Is it the book of the same? Is the book the same name? I think the book is the, same, is the same, name, same name. Yeah. Yes, Into the Wild, um, which is the story of a young gentleman called Christopher McCandless, uh, who's a chap who hiked across North America 
um, with the goal of reaching the Alaskan wilderness and throwing aside uh, the constraints of modern society. And he wants to live a, a kind of um, uh, a possessionless life, doesn't he? He wants to mm. cast away his possessions and, and just go and, and live in the wilderness and, and sort of meet people. And uh, yeah, it's, it's his story. He's a real person uh, that actually existed, that lived and, and died. And a book uh, was written about him by a chap called John Cracker, 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 um, which was then turned into a film by uh, by Sean Penn in two thousand and seven, and that's the film that we're going to be talking about today. Is that a fair? Is that a good synopsis? That is. Did I miss anything? That is a very good synopsis. No, it's uh, it's very good, mm. and I think the fact <clears throat> the fact that it is a true story or it's based on a true story. I think there have been a few things that might have been embellished, but. Um, I think it's uh, it kind of hits home a lot more. And uh, yeah, that's a fair assumption. And it's something that a lot of people, uh, especially nowadays in the current climate and everything, a lot of people have been talking about is, is kind of just like, why are we confined by society? Why, like, a lot of people want to go and be self-sufficient and grow their own food and kind of live out in the wilderness. And uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing watching it because you're taken on this journey with him and there are so many moments where you're like oh my god <laughs> that would be so amazing just to have that that life and am i doing thing am i doing it right that's what it makes you ask the question is that am i doing it right yeah it's um it's an interesting film uh uh because and by the way for anybody that's listening um historically on the stream engine podcast what we've done is we've spent a portion of the uh, of this podcast just talking about the film without discussing anything in in spoiler detail um and then sort of moving on to spoilers later on but from from now on we are just going to be talking about the film quite openly so if you haven't watched it go and watch the film and come back and listen to yeah. it uh, but yes the um it's interesting because you kind of there's two different ways of thinking about um christopher mccandless and his decisions and, and what he does in the adventure that he goes on mm. is he kind of a hero for casting aside um you know, uh, his life and going, I don't want to live this life. I don't want to have to worry about money. I don't want to get a job. I don't want to have to do any of that stuff. I just want to go and live in the wild and kind of be free mm. from society. Is he a hero for doing that? Or is he an idiot? Um, I, I, I asked that question. Is, is he an idiot? Because he does go out there and he ends up dying. And he's he. I think it's fair to say that he is perhaps ill-prepared and irresponsible at times. There's the bit where he's um, he's whitewater rafting and he's like, they have a scene where he um, goes into an office and asks when he's allowed to uh, go, you know, raft down the river. And there's a stupid bureaucratic red tape answer where you have to book in a space to go down the river. And he's like, well, obviously it's just a river. So he just gets in a boat and goes down it. But somebody shouts at him, you need to wear a helmet. And the truth is that if he had flipped over like in his in his canoe or whatever it is at that point in his raft and smashed his head he'd be dead yeah there were a few he? moments he, he would be there's, there's a few moments where i mean we've jumped quite far ahead here but there's a few moments when he <laughs> um is climbing down some rocks and stuff like that and he's in the middle of nowhere and no one knows where he is he's got no idea on him or mm. anything and uh it actually it is like his demise really at the end is if anything happens to him he's buggered like the whole time if he too if he breaks his ankle and he can't move anywhere he's buggered like and that is the only thing where i'm like i love every single bit about that lifestyle that he has 
And I love the fact that he's in this beautiful landscape and he's meeting all these mm. incredible people. And even when he goes and works these kind of really mundane jobs, it's not about that. He's getting a bit of extra cash so he can carry on this lifestyle and meet these characters and experience life in like to the fullest. A different way. Um, mm. But it's like this whole danger the entire time and that is what happens at the end. You know? I understand. I un Also, I understand for anybody screaming at their, their, their Spotify account or whatever it is you're doing. Maybe you're on a jog or maybe you're in your garden. Don't um, scream if I you're on a jog that because people will freak out. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> walking along, jogging along. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if somebody that to me ran past me and just screamed it would be terrifying but i know it's because they were listening to this podcast tell us what you do when um, you listen to the no, podcast I, I, We'd I, like, i'd like to know <laughs> is anyone scream jog it would be interesting <laughs> jog scream i'm gonna go for, i'm feeling angry i'm going for a scream jog <laughs> um we all need to go for a scream jog sometimes because of how tough life is if only we were living in the wild like christopher mccandless mm. um no, my point, sorry, I go back to my point. I'm going, I'm getting distracted here. My point was, I do understand to anyone screaming at their at their Spotify account that that is the point. You know, he is, he's living this carefree lifestyle. And he's maybe, he's not worrying about this stuff. That is sort of the point. Um, but my question was like, is like, I, I, my question is not, is he an idiot? Is he stupid? It's, I suppose, as it's presented in the film, he is adventurous and ideal minded but there's also an amount of kind of um, naivety in there, isn't there? And ultimately, that is what mm. what leads to his demise. He's kind of perhaps a, li a little naive yeah. as, to, as to the true the true danger of the situations but, he's putting himself in. But what in. I love is but, the fact that, you know, uh, it's weird because, again, going back to the classic thing when we talk about this is he's not a character. He is a character, but he's also a real person. And the fact that he's really well educated he's very intelligent guy like he's just come out of university was it yale or harvard i can't remember which one but one mm. of the top one, one of the top universities and like he's done really well for himself and he, he's got his head screwed on he's not just like he's not just aimlessly well he is a bit aimlessly wandering but he's got a purpose and he's well read as well and like he's mm. you know he kind of knows what he's doing and he trains his body for this for finally getting to Alaska throughout the whole film he 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 goes and he travels across the country to try and get to Alaska um to 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 get to this to test himself basically um mm. and like he yeah he prepares himself to do that he doesn't just run into it but at the same time he still has that carefree attitude it's like that mixture of the two and i think if he hasn't if he mm. wasn't really well educated you kind of feel like it was a bit like oh you're an idiot but i think um he did have his head screwed on but what i what i really loved about it was what made me quite makes, makes you quite emotional when watching the film is that every single person that he comes into contact with, like he has this incredible impact over because he's so free and because he's got this incredible outlook on life. And as much as all those characters are really worried about him because he's run away from home and he is very young, he is a boy who kind of he's in that point where he's transitioning from a boy into a man and they do that really well. That's really good with the casting with Emil Hirsch. Mm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. he, uh, oh, I've lost my, <laughs> lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but like he's he's transitioning from a boy to a man. So like his family's still like he's just come out of university, and they they do really care about him. And there's all these issues he's got with his home life, but it is very selfish that he's gone and left that all behind. And people worry about him, but he has this impact on people. 
and this incredible outlook. And it's really funny because every time he leaves anyone, they always get really emotional, really upset. And I, I turned to my wife, um, Georgia. I couldn't remember her name then. Georgia. And um, she, <laughs> she, I turned to her and I was like, God, I'd love it if every time I left a room, people would react like that, like just be devastated. And she just gave the best retort, which was, uh, uh, people act like that when you enter a room. and every time anyone was really emotional when he left like we kept laughing about it because it was like this is what it's like when i enter a room like hello oh god dave's here (laughs) that's that's the tough one but yeah there's some Um, really emotional moments like every single relationship that he makes you're just like oh god it's so steeped in sadness this film isn't Mm. it it's kind of got that whole the whole way through it's got this vibe of kind of like euphoric happy sad it, it's the perfect like sunday afternoon film if you want to have if you want to kind of like have a little bit of a cry uh, uh, and sort of be like the world is so beautiful but so cruel that's the that's the vibe isn't it <laughs> it's beautiful but cruel at the same time i don't think i've ever know, felt like that on those. a sunday where i'm like do you know what i'm gonna get my pajamas and think <laughs> about how beautiful but cruel the world is like what a waste of a Sunday no no I, I, I've rinsed you there but um, I, I totally agree I think but at the same time the fact that it is so dark and there's so much sadness and and like just hurt in it it is a, it is beautiful it makes you think about how beautiful life is even though it ends badly and there's all this I don't know it's great sorry I'm not laughing at you I'm laughing at the fact that you said and hurted it and his dad's played by William Hurt, and I was just uh, <laughs> William Hurt, <laughs> and William Hurt it, and William Hurt in it. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's it, it's great. Just going back to sort of the reasons why he leaves. You know, you see, you kind of they they uh, frame the um, they, they frame him leaving in the movie, and and uh, he's has two parents who are kind of uh, religious, and they're married and very successful. And his sister is narrating the film. Uh, it's the kind of you know voice explaining what's happened, mm. and the parents have sort of lived lived this kind of uh, stereotypical sort of perfect life. You know they have their house, they're very successful. He's you know, like you said, college educated. They've got loads of money, and they just don't understand him. Do they? They don't understand why he's rebelling against this perfect life that he could possibly lead. But that almost that drives him further away from them, and and drives his desire to kind of leave and find out what else is out there because if you've already got everything handed to you on a plate what mm. you know what where's the adventure it's quite in, it's quite um, interesting though because on at the beginning of the film you kind of like you see this kind of perfect life and um he's he's got you know there's a brother and a sister and the parents all of which are they're very successful very wealthy um they're doing really well for themselves they talk about there's this scene at the dinner table they're at a restaurant and the, and the mum and dad are like right you know congratulations on on graduating like we're going to buy you a new car and he has this whole he's just really uh um ungrateful and he's just why do i need he's a new like, car? i don't need a new car i've got he's got this banger that he drives and they're like oh no you know and a part of it's like god that's really ungrateful but another part of it seems like the family kind of throw money at problems maybe or cuz they tr- cuz he's a bit of a tortured soul they're trying to kind of get him back um but you find out later on that uh William Hurt the dad Walt 
McCandless. He's um, he's had an affair and uh, he's had a child with another woman. And he's quite, he's quite, he's they've had quite an abusive quite, relationship as yeah. well. He's been abusive towards their mum. And, like, and, and it's not all roses, not... and you know, and and you realize how he's why he's a, a bit of a tortured soul and why he wants to explore this and leave his family behind in a way. But he has a very close relationship with his sister, and she talks about that in the narration. Uh, about she always kind of wonders, like, why he never got in touch with her. It was it because. He didn't care or was it because they were so tight that he knew he didn't need to get in touch with her and he knew that she'd al- he'd always care about her? It must be quite hard to kind of deal with, um, especially when you can never find out, you know, because he never came back. But, um, but yeah, I've put a dampener on it again, haven't I? <laughs> I've done it again, <laughs> haven't I, Daddy? <laughs> the world is beautiful, but it's also cruel. Um, I have a, I have a cool, <laughs> I have a cool, I have a cruel fact. I have a really, I have a cool fact okay. for you. Uh, I say a cool fact actually. It's just an interesting, an interesting piece of news, completely coincidental. So, uh, we agreed that we were going to watch this film. Uh, what a week ago, yeah. maybe, maybe a week and a half ago. Uh, so we agreed we were going to watch it a week and a half ago, and sort of provisionally uh, booked in to record this uh, podcast today and just today in the news the 19th of june uh, it's been reported that the bus that christopher mccandless lives in in alaska and dies in in alaska uh, has been airlifted out of the place uh, where it's been for the last however many years today or no it wasn't today it was reported today uh, because so many hikers and other people have tried to get to it and basically died completely got yep got well i don't know if they've died died. they've got got themselves in loads of trouble and i was like what weird coincidence that's happened today the the universe the universe must be trying to tell us something. this could be good for our uh, seo opportunities this is great (laughs) the universe is telling you to (laughs) keep your seo updated Um, exploit exploit death and misery in the beautiful and cruel world by reviewing films on the day that major news events happen around them. It's so beautiful, but so cruel. Uh, (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, sorry. But um, it's it's pretty mad because he, he ends up living in this bus for ages and... That last section of the film is is just quite... It's quite hard to watch. And when... um, So he kills the moose towards the end he's mm. trying to look for food and he's got to alaska um sorry i just dropped my beer um he, he's got to alaska and he's he's getting to a point where he's quite hungry and he's like right i'm gonna kill a moose and he's w- weirdly zach galifianakis is in this film as like a non-aggressively yeah. <laughs> funny and outrageous character he just plays this this farmer and gives him advice on how you can kill an animal and and keep it and he says um, at the time when he's chatting to him, he's like, as soon as there's maggots on it, if the, you know, you want to get the flies away because as soon as there's maggots on it, it's curtains like you can't use it. You can't eat it. So he, um, he kills this moose and he feels really bad about it. And he's having all these problems because at one point there's a moose there with a, with a, a fawn, a cub. It's not a cub, is it? It's a calf. <laughs> it's not a, a moose, moose calf. calf. You know, one of them, one of them. Where moose are their pumps. moose puppies? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what they say in Tennessee when I've been testing my uh, nail varnish. Um, but like moose puppy. Yeah, so he's struggling this, with this. This nail polish will be called moose puppy. <laughs> there you go. That's that's another name I can use in my next um, 
next batch but um yeah so he he's you know he's a he's a nice guy and he 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 wants the best for everyone and he just wants to get out and live in the wild but then he kind of does struggle with that fact that you know you do have to kill animals and there's a a moose with her calf and he ends up not shooting shooting it and then later on shoots this moose skins it but straight away he's chopping it up for meat and then the flies are just on it straight away and then it goes bad and basically he only has a little bit of it before it goes bad and he's basically wasted this moose's life and it really he really struggles with it um gets to him. it really gets to him he writes it in his diary and yeah and like it's just and he tries to he gets to a point towards the end of the film where he tries to go home doesn't he um, and he tries to cross the river and go back and he's like, right, I'm done. And then that's when he can't cross the river and it all goes a bit Pete Tong. So that's quite sad. And he eats, he eats, eats the wrong plant yeah. and it causes paralysis and starvation. So and that's a bit of a thing. So um, Sean Penn, I, I watched the uh, behind the scenes like documentary about it. Um, and Sean Penn basically mm. f- looked at the cover of the book in a bookshop randomly and just literally judged a book by its cover and read it. <laughs> and he said he read it twice. Well, the pen is mightier than the sword. <laughs> yeah, in fact, uh, which is why he can ne- he can never be stabbed. But um, don't go and test that theory out. Uh, so yeah, he 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 claims Sean Penn claims he read the book twice in one night, which I think is ridiculous because it's probably a really long book. But um, maybe he's a speed reader. Unless you're Johnny Fiving your way through. Sean Penn is maybe he's a robot. But um, he basically read it and was just like so amazed by it. And he he kind of did loads of research on it, and he consulted the family and 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 mars uh sorry billy and walt the the mum and dad were on set for the film and stuff and the pressure of you know this their son had already had this book written about him and it was really savage i mean they were really distraught about it and they never saw him again and then when he was found it was all horrendous and then to have a film made about your son and they talk about it in a documentary they're like if it's a bad film then that's your son's legacy, basically. Mm. The pressure on Sean Penn. And that like they went to every single location that he went in real life, I think. Like you look at the locations in the credits list, it is bonkers. And they recorded it all in chronological order. Um Did and they? in the film, uh Chris McCandless eats, like you say, eats the wrong berries and and that's what caused him to die. But apparently there's some um question question mark, question well, how mark they know that that whether happened. that actually happened and they couldn't figure it out but but emil her emil hirsch he um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he um he lost <laughs> emil hirsch. he lost loads of weight Sorry. Carry he lost on. loads of weight for the starvation scene and by the end of the film it is brutal i know he's got makeup and stuff there but like he looks dead it's pretty yeah. horrendous like it's he he lost a lot of weight. Did you were you were you ever so slightly disappointed you didn't get eaten by the bear in that scene? He's walking along and the bear comes along. And goes, yeah, yeah. That's the, Come on, he's getting eaten by the bear. That's the classic the thing, though. Just it could, just stand still like a statue, and the bear doesn't get you. Apparently, it's it's incredible. Like going back to that Sean Penn thing, like that 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 chain of events happened. That he just happened to be in that bookshop and he happened to pick up yeah. that book. Like, imagine if he'd picked up a book about somebody else. If he'd picked up, like, Being Jordan by Katie Price, my story from the very beginning, 
and it would have been a totally different, a whole different. I'd like to have seen Emil Hirsch as Katie Price. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to see Emil Hirsch as Katie Price in a film that is about the beauty and cruelness. (laughs) Vince Vaughn. The cruel Vince Vaughn as Peter Andre. (laughs) 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 I'd love that. I love Vince Vaughn as well. Like he is, he's great. He's He's just like the kind of guy. He seems like a real man, but like. He probably got, punched me in the arm kind of, as a bit it, of a joke in a bar, and it just really ruined me. But he just seems like a fun dude. He's got a, like he's got a good everyman vibe, hasn't he? Like, um, I I always find it really weird that um, Vince Vaughn is he's usually in kind of comedy roles, isn't yeah. he? Like, he weirdly kind of had his I guess his big break in Jurassic Park: The Lost World, the, the Jurassic Park sequel, and that was a that was a relatively serious. Yeah. role and this is a relatively serious role and he was in like true detective season two uh mm. a few years back wasn't he but most of the time he's doing comedy stuff but i really i just find him very likable he just but his delivery likable, isn't he and charismatic he does and play the same character a lot he does he does play vince vaughn in most of his films but like that's what's interesting about his comedy is the fact that he's just got this way with words and he's he's not necessarily slapstick funny like Will Ferrell, for example, because you think about old school with Vince Vaughn um, and he, he's also in Anchorman as well. <clears throat> and, and like, he's, he's kind of funny, but he's not as slapstick as someone like Will Ferrell. And he just plays this kind of really charismatic, um, quite comedy, larger than life character in kind of everything he does. But I think he, he, he it's really good. What does he? What do you reckon he gets done for in this film? When the FBI, there's like all the black boxes or something. Like, oh, yeah. I, I can work. I out. don't know. It's got to be a drugs thing or a, or a fraud thing. I don't know. But yeah, his character gets gets busted by the police. They all kind of turn yeah. up, don't they? And it's obviously a big a big deal. Something's mm. going on. Uh, the the supporting cast of characters in this are really really good. Like everybody that he meets along the way are just are just yeah. great, aren't they? Um, so the first people he meets are. Rainy and oh, I can't remember the name of the other person. What's the name of the other person? Jan, Rainy and Jan, who are like the hippie couple living in the van. I've got a great um, story about this, and they're just... from the documentary. Go on, do it. So, um, Sean Penn was having a nightmare casting Rainy. Um, so he was trying to find this hippie dude, and I was thinking during the film, I was like. It's really interesting. There's a hippie guy with a really big moustache and really long hair, and it looks real. Like it usually with an actor, you've mm. got to be pretty. Like your hair's usually a wig or whatever, because you've got to be ready for the roles all the time. And I was like, this this dude is like properly growing this hair and this moustache. So Sean Penn was having a nightmare casting it, and um, Emil Hirsch was having kayaking lessons for the film, and his kayak instructor was Brian Dierke, who's the guy who plays him. And they were on set talking about it. And they were like, uh, he was like, hey, Emil said to Sean Penn, he was like, what about my, what about my kayaking instructor? Like, he's perfect for the role, this guy. And Sean Penn sat Mm. down with him and convinced him to be in the film, having no acting experience whatsoever. And he's fucking great. And you he's ha- great. You'd have he's no really idea, good. would you? The, I guess he's not playing too far away from himself in that case. Then, but that those two are just so unbelievably likable yeah. as characters when you first when you first meet them, and he's particularly 
they're both great. All of the people that he meets along the way are just are just wicked, aren't yeah. they? So there's those two. There's Vince Vaughn, um, uh, who's Wayne, and um, the one that makes me the oh he meets a uh, young Kristen Stewart as well, the yeah. guitar guitar playing the guitar playing girl horny as well. sixteen year old or whatever fourteen year old. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, uh, the one that makes me that breaks my heart the most oh, is Ron. God. The Ron's end. the name of my granddad as well, so it was really hard. And he's just oh. like, Do you, "Will you, will you, uh, will you be my adopted son, or I can be your granddad?" And oh, he's like, "Oh God!" That was that's the bit where, and he says, he says, uh, he says, "Ron, that's really nice, but could we talk about it when I get back from Alaska?" And you're like, "No." Just say yeah, yes. Just say yes. What, the, what the fuck have you got to lose? You've got no. You, you're literally you're cutting ties with everyone. Just just do it. He's given you a machete a very, for God's sake. That, make, <laughs> that is a thing. That is one of the things that makes that particular bit is one of the things that makes Chris kind of like in that moment tough tough to yeah, like. Yeah. A, a There's a few bit. moments. That's, the, that's that was. And, uh, and, you know, Ron, who basically... So Ron, Ron is this old guy who he has met and spends some time, I guess, living with him and getting to know him. And Ron has lost his uh, wife and his daughter a long, long time ago. I think they said a drink a drink driver killed yeah. them. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it was a drink driver killed them. And Ron is a very sort of, like, lonely, sad person. And uh, Chris manages to sort of convince him to kind of start looking at the world again and, and at the end sort of he symbolically climbs to the top of this hill with with uh, with chris and then at the very end ron what you know ron's obviously built this relationship with him and ron's been alone for all this time and has not formed any new friendships or new relationships with other people and he makes this incredible connection with chris and wants him to stay in his life and chris is like no nah, and he, he he literally um, just goes just doesn't he heart. straight away he just goes he goes yeah, let's he talk just gets about up it the car doesn't See hug him. <laughs> he's crying and ron is and you can and Ron's oh, got tears God. in his eyes, and I had tears in my yeah. eyes. I was just like, no, de- devastating. Yeah. I was I was watching it thinking to myself, the world is a cruel but beautiful <laughs> And place. it was Sunday afternoon, and you were like, it's so true. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I mean, it's so... Oh, it's, it's really brutal, and that... I don't know whether I'd have the same mindset as, as Chris as well, when, like... He goes through some kind of really brutal stuff when he's sleeping on the train and then he gets pulled, ooh, he gets pulled off, uh, pulled off the train, <laughs> gets pulled off the train by that guy. and uh, That could be another name for one of your uh, nail varnishes, pulled off the ooh, train. Uh, which I quite like. Have you, uh, Dave Neal, ooh, uh, the nail varnish. Um, but yeah, he pulls him off the train and, <laughs> and just kicks the crap out of him and like... And then, like, mm. you know, he hasn't got a job and he goes back into L.A. after a while and he's just trying, he's a bit lost and kind of, I, I kind of felt like it, it would have been really tough. And th- there didn't seem to have been that many tough nights until near the end where he does start to get really lonely. Mm. But then it's because he's formed these great relationships along the way that it's about, he talks about happiness being shared is what happiness is all about. It's it's not real. Yeah, happiness isn't real unless it, it yeah. is shared. I I am just before we move on to that, which is a good a good sort of thing to uh, a good point to sort of discuss towards the end. Um, that bit where he spends the night in the city on his own was also one of the bits where I felt conflicted about him as a as a character. And when I say character, I mean how the I don't know about the real Chris McCandless, but how the character is presented in the film, because 
all of these other people are queuing up to get into, you know, get help and get shelter, get food stamps, whatever, and he's queuing up with them. And while obviously he's chosen to live this life and, and cast society aside, the other people that are there have no choice. You know, you would assume they're yeah. in that situation because they don't have a choice. And he does have a choice and he's choosing to be in that situation, which is kind of like, okay, that's up to him. But I don't know. It just, it was a thing that I thought about. It was something that, that stuck out to me when, when that scene was yeah. happening. Um, it, it made it, diff- it made it kind of harder to sympathize with him in that moment. He does change his mind. No. So. He does. You're right. Um, I suppose that was him trying. That was him considering re reintegrating yeah, yeah. anyway. Um, but anyway, I, 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 one other thing I wanted to touch on was the soundtrack as well. Because yeah. it's all uh, we we reviewed in the last episode. We reviewed uh, Hype, which is a, a, a documentary about the Seattle grunge scene, and the whole soundtrack is is performed by Eddie mm. Vedder, um, which I think is I think it's his first solo album, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. And Eddie Vedder's got such a you know he, the older he's got because he he smokes a lot and he drinks a lot of red wine and he's got this kind of gra- gravelly voice and it's just him and an acoustic guitar mainly isn't it um, and it's just mm. it's kind of raw and bare and it's it it fits the the landscape and 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 the the, the vibe of the film because it's all about being stripped back and that's the whole point so I think it's kind of really beautiful because mm. of that and uh, yeah it does it does sit really well. Um, and just makes everything all the more beautiful. Oh God! <laughs> but also, also so cruel. cruel. Um, and also, I, I want to touch on the cinematography actually. Um, and mm. I was—it was a weird one for me because you, you kind of get more into it as you go through. But um, oh, for God's sake, I haven't got the name of the cinematographer. This is really bad. Um, maybe you could IMDb it as I'm talking. But uh, he, I think he's a French guy. But like. He um he he's he's the way it's shot is really interesting because some of it is really like documentary style, handheld um like kind of almost home movie style, and then there's other bits where are incredibly cinematic and they're using like cranes and stuff and like then there's these quite arty like transitions and stuff that are happening and it's like a real a real mixture of different style i thought that as well like it's 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 something that you wouldn't generally do but like i think it's the fact that he's transitioning into such different parts of his life they really wanted to make a thing out of those different sections there are some bits that feel like a real like like it's real uh and it's kind of yeah. like a documentary and there are some bits that feel like a dream sequence it's eric eric yeah. gautier yeah. by eric the way gautier. um and and like it's filmed because it's filmed on location it's filmed in in the great outdoors and it's like really raw and gritty i suppose they kind of had to shoot like that and they they really wanted to live that lifestyle so they needed it to be quite gritty but they, there's a guy who's painted a load of murals on cliff sides and stuff that they they meet in the trailer park and you can tell in the film actually and they confirm it in this documentary that he's a real dude who's just this kind of I'm not going to say crazy because he's not crazy, but like he's just this really quirky, eccentric guy um, who's really passionate about love mm. and he just paints it on loads of stuff. And um, Emil Hirsch and K- Christian Stewart, they, yeah, they're gosh. literally talking to him about these, his paintings and they filmed it and just popped it in the film. And that's what I love about it. It's really arty, but not too much that it mm. becomes like too pretentious. The landscape they make they the landscape uh, of you know the sort of the American 
country uh, side is is portrayed in a very romantic way, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like it's portrayed in a dangerous, wild way, uh, and the film is called Into the Wild, of course. Um, but uh, it's very romantically presented, and it made me kind of long for the great yeah. outdoors. Again, uh, you know, I don't know when people are listening to this, but this is being recorded during um, a COVID-19 lockdown, perhaps the tail end, hopefully. Um, and, uh, and you know, I've been longing to be outdoors and this film really made me sad. It made me feel a sense of loss and, and sort of grieving for being able to go be outside and camp and explore and walk and just do all that stuff. The film was very, it, yeah, it's a very romantic portrayal of of that kind of yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, it is. It? And like, um, but on a personal note, like I grew up in Cornwall and my dad still lives down there. Um, and we were supposed to go down actually at the beginning of the lockdown. We, we'd all, we'd planned to go down and obviously we couldn't go. Um, and like the Cornish countryside and the, and the beaches and the cliffs and stuff, you know, you can be so remote there and growing up there was amazing. And it just, it reminded me of just sitting on the cliff tops there and just not, having a care in the world and there's literally not a soul for a mile and you can be sitting in this beautiful landscape and like it really reminds me of that I'm I'm, I'm not gonna get too emotional but um but like I've not been able to do that um That's uh, my boy. but it, yeah to, to, to really feel like I've had that taken away um yeah it really kind of hit home more so I think yeah like during this time because he's so free and we're just not free oh. at all at the moment well, we're getting more free now well, you know, cinemas are exactly. open. Exactly, and, and do you know in what? July. If, if <laughs> cinemas are open, July tenth. Um, but that's the thing, though, isn't it? Like it, that, and that's maybe the beauty of a film like this is if you watch it and then you go away feeling inspired to go and spend more time outdoors and less time, you know, looking at the things that you have around you and valuing the friendships that you have. Then that's kind of job done, right? That's the that's that's kind of. The purpose yeah. of the film is to it romanticizes all that stuff and it makes you question ask ask yourself do i really need this do i really and, need and that like we were t we touched on before loads of people have tried to follow in his footsteps and do his exact journey and uh people have died so don't don't go that far but yeah but <laughs> don't do that don't do that just yeah just, just go for a walk outdoors go and for maybe, a shouty like, jog yeah don't eat berries and live on a bus. Go for a shouty jog. That's the Dave, Dave and Dave's. Don't eat poisonous berries and die on a bus. Go for a shouty jog because the world is beautiful. Don't, but don't cool. you think it's weird Dave that out. he ended Mike up drop. like going into the wilderness and into the wild, and he wanted to go to the great outdoors and ended up dying in a bus? <laughs> <laughs> Are we supposed to laugh at that? I don't know. I don't know. Do I, I should have thought that? Oh, that was really harsh. Sorry, he's a real person. Sorry. But there's there's a great picture as well. Like there's a there's a photo of Emil Hirsch, Hirsch and he transitions yeah. into a photo of um, Chris McCandless, and they found a camera in the bus. So after he died, and they developed the pictures. So please Google those photos because it's really amazing. And he's basically yeah. taken loads of selfies of himself. This was in the 90s, like before selfies were a thing. But he's taken loads of selfies of him with like different animals he's killed and him in front of the bus. And yeah, so let's let's sum up. Let's sum it up. So you go first. I need to I need some time to process. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make my final <sighs> decision based on your influence. OK, so um, my only criticism of this film 
was I felt that it was a tad long. Um, there was a point where I was like, I think it's nearly over. Should I hang on? Because I need a wee. And I paused it and there was like 45 <laughs> minutes to go. And I was like, oh my God. But I, I, I never, it didn't drag for me. It was just, it was just a very long film. But apparently they, they had a cut, which was like four hours long. And I cut it down to that. So I felt something whilst watching this. And I was really, I was really with him and, I didn't know how it was going to end when I was watching it. So you kind of, they're referring to him in the past tense the whole the whole way through the film. So you kind of realise that he's probably going to die at some point, but you just, I just didn't know when. And it's just beautiful and all the relationships and everything. It's like, because it's a true story, I, I, I they have Hollywoodized it, if that's a, the right word. And, and there are these incredible moments in I don't actually know whether all of those moments were true, but it is, it's amazing. It makes you reevaluate your own life and your own attitude. Um, and I'm basically delaying the fact that I can't decide whether it's a high four or a low five. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. That's exactly the same problem I had. I wanted to see what you did. Um, and as long as I justify the fact to our listeners that it's a low five for me, I think... I think it is a really beautiful film. I think it's a, I think it's a much, a must watch, a must watch film. Um, so I'm going to say it's a five. Yeah, I'm so glad you went first because I was, I was a little unsure, and actually, some something you said there was kind of has tipped the balance for me. So um, I feel the same way. I think it's, uh, I think this is probably the third time I've actually seen this film. I've seen it a couple of times before um, over the last uh, ten or so years. Quite, you know, I can't remember the last time I watched it. Uh, but I remember I, I felt the same way after watching it as I did the, the previous times. You sort of feel a sense of sadness um, and inspiration and it makes you ask lots of questions. It's a very emotive film. Um, you know, there were several points in, in the movie where I had, you know, I had tears in my eyes. It was, it's very sad, but very beautiful. Um, the soundtrack's amazing. It's shot beautifully. It's very interesting. And... Yeah, I, I love it. And I was had the same dilemma. I'm like, is it high four or is it low five? And I think the fact that you use the term must watch film, and I would agree with that. I think it's a must watch film. It also gets five out of five from me. A low five, but a five out of five nonetheless. Yeah. People should go and watch it. And it, it's a feat in filmmaking as well. Like, I think the fact that they went to the, that many locations and they shot in so many different styles and they met these incredible people and they use real people like... All of the audience at the gig scenes mm. are real trailer park people, folk, and like. The, and it's fair to say there's not a dud. There's not a dud performance as well. From even from the, the kayak instructor, come Hollywood actor, who's never acted in his life, he nails it. And like, yeah, I think I think it's it's a beautiful piece of piece of cinematography. It's a piece of art. I'm not saying cinematography. Bang it's him. not just about cinematography. Right. Go and watch it. Thanks to the world. Five out of five. I, yeah, I, 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 I keep adding bits on. Uh, going back to what you said about the photo as well, it's such a lovely way of ending the movie is the, the fading into the photograph of the real Christopher McCandless. So and yeah. that's the sort of... It really hits you, the, doesn't the, it? It's the exclamation mark on the end because mm. you've gone through this emotional journey and then they're like, this is a real dude. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Great. Cool. All right. All right. Well, uh, that's it from us at the Stream Engine podcast until our next episode where we will be reviewing, I don't know, mm, we shall see. <laughs> um, but maybe we should do something really rubbish again, just to, to read back to balance things out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, 
the uh, uh, yeah, thanks very much for listening. And if if you guys uh, can think of any any other great films that are about real people, uh, uh, you know, people autobiograph autobiographical biographical films rather is what I meant to say. Please send us a message. And also, if you've enjoyed our podcast, share it with somebody else. Make sure you subscribe. Do all of that stuff because we appreciate the support and we appreciate you listening. So thank you very much. Absolutely. And um, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Like and subscribe.